Hey there, this is Nathan Agin with The Working Actor's Journey. Hope you're doing well today. We have another special episode. This is uh, what we called a vocal clinic with uh, Scott Ferrara. And uh, Scott has been another one of the professionals helping us uh, with the workshops. And what he specializes in is uh, Fitzmorris voice work. Uh, and as you'll hear, that was totally new to me. And so this was exciting to just learn directly from someone, uh, something, you know, that I didn't know about before. Um, but yeah, uh, Scott has been able to, uh, come in and sit in on some of the sessions. He was part of our last round of workshops in the rehearsal room. Um, and, uh, it's w- what's great, you know, if you heard the Q and A with Ursula, um, you know, there are many different ways to approach voice. And so if you are thinking more of the traditional ideas of, you know, vocal warmups and vocal health, um, it's not to say that's excluded in the Fitzmaurice stuff. Uh, but as you'll hear, Scott just approaches voice work from a very uh, personal place and very different place than, you know, again, if people were to think of, you know, what traditionally do I think of voice work, uh, it's probably going to be more of the like exercises and things like that. So again, that's, it's exciting to, uh, not only for me to learn about this, but to share with all of you guys all these different things that maybe you didn't know existed. So, you know, maybe there are going to be things that you picked up from Ursula. There are going to be things that you pick up from Scott. Uh, so that's, uh, that's really exciting. Now, in the session today, um, you know, I talked with Scott about a lot of different things, you know, ask him to kind of unpack what is Fitzmaurice stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, he even kind of takes us through a little bit of an exercise. You'll hear me go through the exercise. Uh, there are some questions from the audience. This was recorded uh, as part of the rehearsal room uh, workshops. Uh, and so you'll hear some questions live and, and interactions there. And, uh, I, again, there's just a lot, there seem to be a lot of applications, uh, for where you can use this work in your life. And I will mention that right now we have our new program called Repertory going on. Um, it started a few weeks ago. So it has one company of actors. Half of them are professionals. Half are newer or younger actors or actors kind of returning to the craft. Uh, there are two directors and everybody's working on scenes from Twelfth Night. And so each director has two scenes. Uh, and so it, it has a bit of the flavor of a repertory acting company where, um, everybody's playing different parts. So, you know, if you're familiar with the play, you may, you know, one of the actors might be playing Viola in one scene, but then Festi or Malvolio in another scene. So, you, you know, you get a chance to work with people in different ways, different contexts, explore different characters. So it's been really exciting to take the concept of the rehearsal room and then expand it, uh, into this repertory program. And we have, uh, the final performances, uh, for both, for both of those, uh, you know, scenes or all four scenes. They're going to be on two different days. Uh, that'll be the last week of June. And, uh, like usual, those will be free to attend either to watch live or watch the replay. Uh, and again, it's a, it's a great way for you to, uh, observe and see what goes on or what goes in to, you know, professionals working on this material and, and where did they get after, uh, in this case, it'll be six weeks, six, seven weeks of working on this, this material, all four scenes. Uh, you know, where are they and where, where would they continue to go? You know, what questions still remain or what decisions have they already made? So it's a lot of fun. Everybody's been having a great time. So excited to share that with you. 
And actually, Scott has been part of the repertory program again. Uh, let me give you a quick bio on Scott, and then we'll get into the conversation. So he is a certified assistant teacher of Fitzmore's voice work based in L.A. His primary focus is on voice, text, and presence. And uh, his website is actually voice-and-presence.com. So voice-and-presence.com. Uh, he works with uh, performers, professionals, you know, creatives, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, he offers private coaching, group classes, workshops. He studied, he got an MFA in acting from the University of San Diego Old Globe Theater. Uh, he moved to New York. He did professional work as an actor, uh, specializing in classical theater, did a lot of stuff on Broadway, off Broadway, uh, and even worked in regional theaters across the country and internationally in Europe. Uh, he's back on the West Coast. Uh, first, he first learned about Fitzmaurice voice work back in 2016, uh, you know, studied with a teacher and, uh, you know, really found that this was something that, uh, he wanted to pursue. So, uh, that, that's, uh, that's Scott's, that's a tiny bit of Scott's journey. We'll talk a little bit more, uh, in the conversation, but, uh, hope you really enjoy this. Hope you get something out of it. Uh, hope, you know, if this is new to you that, you know, this has opened up a, another door or a way that you can study and, and learn and, and refine your craft and improve what you're doing. All right. That is it. Without further ado, please enjoy our voice clinic with Scott Ferrara. But thank you, everybody, for, for doing this. This is uh, the first kind of voice clinic we've done, but uh, I, I think there's potential to do other kind of clinics as a way to bring uh, other professionals, uh, you know, to all of you guys, uh, you know, working as students or actors uh, in the in the workshop scenes. And so uh, Scott, somebody that uh, I connected with recently, but I'm really excited to learn more about his work and, and share that with you guys so that, uh, you know, in your careers and in your work, uh, and it sounds like uh, what Scott does can be applied to a lot of areas of one's life. Um, so that's, uh, that's something I'm excited to chat about. So, uh, Scott, thank you so much for uh, being here today. Oh, it's so good to, to see you and to, to be with all of you here present and also possibly listening to the recording a few days after or moons after. So yeah, great. You. Yeah. Um, well, well, you know, I, I know there's so much we can talk about, uh, you know, and we, we could talk for a long time, but what I was, what I was hoping we could start with, because I'm very new to the work that, that you specialize in. Uh, and so could you give us a, you know, an introduction to what is it that, that you do? Cause, uh, you know, I know, you know, your work is voice and presence. So, you know, what does that mean to you? And, and specifically, you know, what are the kind of like larger uh, concepts we might want to know about that? Who? And that, and yeah. that, that answer might take an hour in and of itself. Yeah. But, uh, that's a, that's a, a lovely, no, it's a lovely question. Um, and I'm, I'm flooded with a, a lot of different of ways mm -hmm. of attacking it. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to take it slow and steady. Um, I think, what I, um, what I offer and what I like to support in myself and in my students is an ability to connect with the here and now, 
both what is happening internally with the person and also externally. So, and that means connecting that to, to your scene partner, connecting that to text, connecting that to, um, your audience, but really being able to have a, a fluid awareness between those two, um, those, what is happening inside and what's happening outside. And I think what can happen often is, and I know this, for my sake, this is why I came to this work, is that um, we can put ourselves over threshold in this work. We can get to a place where we are auditioning, we are in front of an audience, we are working with someone else where we feel possibly like, I'm no longer enjoying this. This is becoming a lot of, um, maybe it's, it's, maybe we're shutting down, maybe we're overcompensating, maybe we're feeling a little bit not in sync with why we do the thing that we do. And my curiosity and why I love this work is, is really investigating what is actually happening in the moment and what you want to do <laughs> with text in that moment. Um, and so I came to this work um, specifically because I, I lost my enjoyment and pleasure in acting. Um, I was very fortunate to work quite a bit in my twenties and in my thirties, but it became a point when it no longer, um, was enjoyable. It was no longer something that I felt, um, connected to. And so I w forced myself to audition. I forced myself to go to rehearsals. I forced myself to perform and it really killed the joy in that. And so I discovered this amazing teacher, Saul Kotsube, who is the son of Catherine Fitzmorris. And we had a session um, about five and a half years ago. I remember vividly the <laughs> the light. I remember his where he was seated. I remember him saying to me, would you like to do a monologue? And I remember saying, no, I don't want to do a monologue. Uh, the son of, um, Catherine Fitzmorris, who is the Fitzmorris voice work. And I'm happy to get more into, into that in a bit. Great question. Thank you for asking. Um, can you maybe give name, give the names he mentions afterwards? Absolutely. I will happily. Yeah. We'll, we'll happily put together. Yeah. I yep. just want to make sure that I'm, I'm honoring the chat as well as, as this. Um, and so, um, in fact, I redirected the question to saying, actually, what I would prefer to do is I would prefer to actually share some text that is meaning to me, that is meaningful to me. And from that, um, I tapped into a, a Hamlet monologue, and he offered some ways of exploring the text that just made sense to me. And as tears streaming down my face, and I felt this opening up of my heart and my, my mind and just feeling really connected to language again. And from that point, I've just have become really curious about the process of how we connect to, um, ourselves and, and wanting to share that with my students and with my clients. And I find it to be incredibly gratifying because it's not something that we necessarily have to um to work at in fact it's something that is sometimes a little harder it's something that we actually have to allow more of it's something that actually we sort of let go of into to experience um which is um 
uh, a really exciting place and a very um, inspirational place, I find, for creative work. So that is sort of the genesis of how it started. I think that's some of the points then which of, of what I what I like to offer and happy to expand or go into yeah. different directions from that. So, you know, and, and it, it's, I'm thinking about my, my experience with acting because, you know, I, I went to college and I have a BA degree. So I have kind of a general uh, overview of, of theater practices and all that. And, and unfortunately there are things like Alexander technique and, and probably this kind of voice work that tend to get the the short shrift that they're, they're in the, they're in the wings, so to speak, mm-hmm. in terms of like what you're studying, what you learn, what you know. And, and, and of course the practitioners and students of those methods understand how valuable they are. Um, but, but I think a large percentage of us to some degree don't even know that they exist or they, they become like esoteric things of like, Oh, well, I know Alexander technique or I know Fitz. And it's like, you know, there's almost this, uh, uh level of, um, intimidation that it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that. So I, I guess, I guess I'm still missing something. And so it, w- what I want to kind of unpack a little bit is, you know, in a very general sense, what does that look like for a, you know, if you're working with someone on, on Fitz, Fitzmaurice voice work, whether that's in a rehearsal setting or a, maybe a monologue coaching session, mm-hmm. um, are there, are there, are there exercises or things specific to that voice work that, that can help give people an understanding of like, okay, this is the direction we're going. Not, yeah. this isn't just like, let me do lip trills and, and that kind of stuff. It's, <laughs> it's what are, what are we really talking about here? Yeah. No, I think that's, that's fantastic. And I think it can be, um, I think that there's, it's, it's what I, what I love about Fitzmaurice voice work is that, um, it's affectionately called the little black dress of voice work because it okay. works with, it works with everything. Oh, okay. it's, it's not something that that's not my, that's, I did invent it, but I love it because sure. it does, it does offer a thing that it isn't something that is rigid and fixed. It's mm-hmm. actually quite malleable. So there's Fitzmaurice Meisner teachers, there's Fitzmaurice oh, okay. um, um, Alexander's teachers, there's Fitzmaurice movement teachers, um, there's Fitzmaurice singing teachers, that there there isn't one um Catherine doesn't set herself up to being a guru, which I, I just so respect and in fact mm-hmm. is still right now still studying and curious herself. And I think that most teachers that I have discovered in the Fitzmaurice world are insatiable in their curiosity and are constantly learning how they can merge this work with others. So, um, but this work in particular, um, what we start with and, and, and you and I are right now are enjoying <laughs> each other via this, this very strange and wonderful, um, uh, platform. Right. Sure. And what, what if you're listening to this or you're maybe in the um in the in the boxes that are maybe not being viewed one of the best ways of of starting to get a sense of what this work can do is this very simple gentle exercise that focuses on um connecting to the outside world with your senses okay and so for right now for you and I are are really and I so so love that you and I are really honoring this camera that we're really connected right now in this right, camera but right, sure. I'm wondering if 
and for those of you who are listening or those of you that are, are, are maybe off camera, what, what would happen right now if you allowed your eyes to gently veer off of maybe the camera mm-hmm. and allow your eyes to just take in your room and instead of fixing your eyes on one thing, just allowing them to move to the left or to the right and noticing what your eyes want to light on. And that there's maybe, as you 360 degrees all around you, that there might be a color, there might be a shape, there might be a shadow, mm-hmm. maybe a bit of nature, and maybe this two or three things that your eyes go, ooh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. And just noticing right now, not that you have to make a transition right now back to focusing on me, because right now we're, we're starting this work together, <laughs> you and me, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But just mm-hmm. noticing if there is anything that a felt sense of a change between what you noticed before that tiny little exercise and what you notice right now. Not that you need to voice it right now, but just noticing if there's anything you're going, oh, I sense it this or I sense this. And for you that are listening to this, just having a moment of reflection of going, what, what is it that has maybe changed just in that tiny little 15 second little exploration? I I mean, I'll, I'll say for myself, I think anytime I do an exercise like that there's and there's a focus piece to it there's almost like an immediate sense of calm Mm. that that comes in because whatever else i was doing there may have been a lot of attention to that and if it's just like well just look to your left and right then it's just like oh okay i don't i I don't have to i don't have to bring 140 percent to that work i can just I can just kind of easily take this in. So I think that was something I noticed for me is that there, you know, the, the shoulders drop a little bit, yeah. uh, you, you know, you can, you breathe maybe a little bit deeper yeah. and, and there's probably even a little bit of um, ease, even in my eyes, you know, just the way they're looking. It's not, it's not focusing intently on something. It's just kind of easily watching. So there's, there's that sense, there's that relaxed sense starting to creep in. Yeah. And I so appreciate the specificity of what you just described. I so appreciate that there was, and I'll be really interested for you to listen to how your voice sounded describing this on the, cause I know you're going to be editing this and going, (laughs) (laughs) but noticing that there is possibly a shift in adjustment, not that because I don't like working in terms of voice work that we're looking for a quality of voice, but I'd like to know that there's options within my voice. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know mm-hmm. that, that the more that I, I can explore within it, that there's so many colors that can maybe be revealed. Mm-hmm. And this is a very simple, easy, gentle exercise, but it, it is a lovely reminder of how, cause we're in a way we're both on. Yeah, you know, right, we're both right. doing a thing. We both had okay. Five o'clock is coming. Right, we got to right. do the thing. I got to make sure. 
mm-hmm. and just the quality of attention that we maybe have now and you just described is possible and maybe we can start to notice why that quality of attention rather than it being hyper focused maybe could be really helpful for me on stage yeah. could be helpful for me when I'm in front of a camera in front of an audience, if my eyes are not, which is what happens very quickly, is we become into a very fight or flight or freeze threat place where there's an adversarial relationship that oftentimes we as actors mm. possibly view what is outside us. Right, right. And so what I do in my work is I encourage us to find ways of connection and connection that is actually bringing me closer to my environment rather than there's problems. Mm. So the audience then becomes something that I can, and you had an inhale right there. Were you going to ask something? Well, it, it's so fascinating because, uh, you know, people have uh, been on some of these with me before. I will start to talk about um, the audiobook work I do. Mm-hmm. And so what's fascinating to hear about this, because and I was just working on this this morning, we'll, we'll, you'll have pickups. And, and for people that are unfamiliar with uh, audiobook work, you do the whole book. And then invariably you have mistakes that you've made. Um, sometimes it feels like I, I would, it would be faster just to re-record the whole book, but, uh, you have mistakes and a lot of it is about a uh, voice match and that, that when you go into whether it's dialogue or narrative and you need to fix a word, you'll do a sentence, but you want to make sure the quality of your voice is similar to what is preceding it and what comes after. And it's so fascinating um, when I will, you know, do a take and then I'll listen back to it and it's like, okay, my voice is in a different place. And, you know, whether it sounds raspier or, or gruffer or deeper. And, and, and I, and I, and, and it's funny because I, I don't know if I've tried to articulate this to other people, but there's, there's just kind of a space my voice gets into where it's like, yeah, that's the zone. Like that's, that's my narration voice. And sometimes it takes, you know, uh, a little bit more time than others to get there, but it's like that, that's the voice I'm trying to get back to. So it, and in the booth, uh, you know, it's so easy to get frustrated, yeah. uh, when you're, when you're trying to match something or, or get the moment right or the emotion or whatever it is. Um, and of course, all of that is working against you that, that very often, as opposed to me getting frustrated of like, why does my voice sound like this right now? Right. It's going, okay, let me, you know, let me try to, you know, is it, is it water? Is it breathing? Is it, you know, just kind of focusing on the story? Like what, what's going to get me in this space? Like the more I fight uh, how my voice sounds right now, the further it's going to take me away from trying to get back into that moment so that whoever's listening to the book later, it's a seamless experience. They'll never know that I, dropped in for this 10 seconds to change something. Um, So it's just, it's just really fascinating to hear, uh, you know, to hear this, uh, you know, what we're talking about in a way that I hadn't really ever thought about specifically to my work, but I think it it absolutely applies. It's, it's certainly, you know, uh, relevant to it. Yeah. And, and this is what I love about this kind of work is that, you know, we could go, on to Shakespeare, we could go into right. modern text, we can go into film work, we can go into so many different things. But because this work is is stuff that you already, we already know how to speak, we already know how to connect to the environment, right. we already right. know what it is to connect to another human being. Right. It's reminding that, that how do I find my way 
to that place and possibly find that way, which you just articulated beautifully, when things are challenging, when right. things yeah. feel like there's a little, this is a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I like to do is I like to welcome that gentle discomfort. <laughs> that that actually, yeah. that's exactly where you need to start. And okay. instead of it being a problem, that's what's lovely is going, actually, my voice is different. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank God it's different. <laughs> Thank God it's it's now, and so now going back to, and just talking with, with how you navigate your way back of going, well, can I breathe with and can I speak with that other voice to actually right. have, because ha- it's a scene partner now. Right. Now of course, I'm listening yeah. to this other person and going, oh, how lovely. And I, so I, what I love is that, that you're describing something that we can all feel <laughs> deep connection to is going, right. why is it not working? Right. Why right. is it, I want to hit this thing and it's not yeah. where I want it yeah. to be. And for many actors that, that then becomes a loop where we oftentimes cease the problem. We want to fix it and then we feel better. And unfortunately, the dilemma with that loop is that what we're creating is a, a negative reinforcement loop. We're finding something, we're solving it, and then we're feeling better. So in order for me to feel better, I have to feel worse first. Mm. And what uh, my work is going, well, what feels good right now? And can we work from that? Right. What right. can I reinforce within me in terms of ease of my body connection with what is actually happening? And possibly maybe some things not so much that I feel locked in and pulled away from what is actually I'm experiencing. But if it is a an emotion that is maybe new or a sensation of just slight discomfort, can I welcome that with the breath? Can I welcome that with my voice? Can mm-hmm. I connect that to my character? And what I would say is many Shakespeare characters. Right. Yeah, that's exactly where why they're speaking is because they're trying to connect to this dilemma that they're in and instead of trying mm-hmm. to smooth over it instead of trying to just create a mellifluous beautifully well-spoken verse line can i explore the the jarring and weirdness and un- discomfort that can sometimes be evoked with some of these these lines well well yeah and i, and I think um you know obviously there's there's a lot of discussion about uh, the the structure of lines and what it means and all this kind of stuff. But I think yeah. there, or there has stuff been written about what I know some uh, teachers and authors have called like the jaggedness of, of his verse. And certainly like in the later play, you look at a section uh, Hermione uh, during the trial, uh, you know, all the, you know, all the semicolons in there that it's, it's not, it is not clear, easy verse like Richard II or the early plays. It's it's very complex. And and what people argue is that, well, right, that is showing her the emotional life of what she's going through coming through this verse. And so I, I think it speaks to the point you're making that if you're trying to make her sound, you know, clear and confident and comfortable, that that that's not what's going on. That's that's at odds with the text that the playwright has given you. And so, um, and, and, and yeah, and of course, like your voice is going to be the vehicle through which you deliver that emotion and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, having that, having that, uh, being okay with it being 
uh, what are they, what's that phrase? The, the ugly cry. It almost sounds like that. It's like, it's like, yeah, we, we, we need to embrace the ugly cry. That's the, the, you know, in terms of your voice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's why I know for me, why I, I, I go to hear someone. Um, and I love that Gideon said that in his, his podcast, you know, going to hear a play. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I love that, 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 that I go to hear someone connect to this language in a way that is vulnerable, that is authentic to them, and that is imperfect. Yeah. <laughs> that I, yeah. I do understand. I know that they've done the work and I know that they have, have scanned and, and have, have analyzed and have looked up in lexicons. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, when they are sharing their plight, when they are, are, are seeking something and are not, not sure of the next step, and in fact, what I love about Shakespeare is, is that they're, they're seeking the audience mm-hmm. for that connection and that help yeah. as well. And I think that that's in terms of going back to my original thing, we did a tiny little orientation exercise, which is connecting to the world through our senses. Right. That's where we're getting back to. How do I, with this text, connect to, cause I think we can feel very much, um, that it is just for us initially. But how do I slowly start to open up and start to allow myself to be seen, allow myself to be heard, allow myself to be felt, which is a big ask. Yeah. It's a big, it's, it's not a small feat to step in front and say, I want you to, to hear me. I want you to, to see me. Well, and the other thing that my mind goes to is, you know, I know you do work uh, not only with actors, but uh, speakers and things like that, but as I was looking through the website and the philosophy things, what also immediately came to my mind was uh, relationships and, and uh, whether those are uh, professional uh, coworker relationships or even personal intimate relationships, uh, spouses, partners, or whatever that, uh, you know, those of us who are in them, uh, you, you know, you can quickly understand how vital uh, effective communication is yeah. and uh, being able to use your voice uh, to do the things that you were just saying that, you know, I, I, I want to be heard. Uh, I want to be, you know, I want, you know, um, I, I want to be seen and those kinds of things. So I was actually curious um, if you, I was just curious if you do any of any of that work, because it, it seems like it lends itself uh, very directly to that application as well, in addition to these, you know, kind of artistic or professional pursuits? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it, it definitely has a rippling effect, mm-hmm. just as as all art. I sure, think yeah. And in particular, this work, I'm, I, what I love about, um, um, I think, what, at least how I was taught, was to really have a very clear understanding of where your boundaries are in terms of what you offer mm, and okay. where you feel like it is past the point of, of, of being of service of your client or okay. your student or your, yeah, and sure. so I'm when those, cause those things can happen in terms of people wanting to share more or reveal more about um, something that is a rippling effect that is outside their art. Right. Yeah. And what I tend to do is I tend to remind and redirect back to how it pertains to a character, how it pertains mm, to the monologue. Got it. And what I find is, is that, that 
most people after working for a bit on this find that there are these lovely ripple effects that they discover of connection mm, right that they want right. to maybe share with the group the class or share with an individual right but that they're 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 really their own and i like yeah, yeah. i like to um um i mean it, it, i think the best the the best teachers that i have worked with have always whether explicitly explicitly saying it or just it was unspoken I knew that everything that they were teaching me was in the hope that they w- that I wouldn't need them anymore. Right. Sure. And so, so there is there can be an overlap in terms of 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 wanting. I want more of this in terms of connection, in terms of other things. And I I I I know I use it in my life personally. Right. Yeah. And but but um, <clears throat> but I think there's yeah there's there's a there's a definitely a, a distinction. And I think with voice work because it's so personal. You know, it's really, it's, it's you, it's, it's, it's it's your, it's, you can't get more (laughs) intimate than, than that. Um, So it's, I think it's important to have really clear um, boundaries on that. And, and at the same time, you know, encouraging and nourishing, you know, the artistic side as well. So it's a great question. Well, and, and like we've been talking about, it does sound like there are absolutely transferable applications of it. Yeah. That, And even as somebody is going through it and, and seeing, you know, this is how I'm developing, developing my own voice and how can I, how can I use these skills in the rest of my life? I mean, um, it, uh, it, it does seem, you know, as, as an actor, there's a certain expectation that we will hear you. You know, and, and we, we, there will come a time where it is now your turn to speak and everyone will listen and people will respond. Um, but I would say that's not necessarily taught to all of us growing up that, uh, well, yes, everyone will give you your due time and will, uh, thoughtfully listen to you and will consider what you have to say. And, um, and you discover for yourself that, you, you know, that's something we all crave. We all need is to, to feel heard, to feel respected. So to be able to develop, um, I think that skill with your voice of, of feeling comfortable and, and confident and, and being present with, you know, your emotions and, and where you're, you know, where you're at, um, that's only going to serve you in, you know, either personal, uh, experiences or your professional uh, career. So it's, it's, it's really cool. Like you said, it, there's, it's, I, I can see how the line can blur very easily, you know, between the personal and the professional. Um, yeah. And what you just described beautifully is, and this is to me, the things that you described, like I said earlier, are not problems mm-hmm. in terms of, of people wanting to not speak or sure, wanting to, sure. or maybe having resistance to actually, holding on to the things and I, I call them um, um, armoring <laughs> that we all do okay. in life. Yep. And we might have, t- we might have had them taught to us or, or were examples to us through the course of, of our, uh, of our existence or just throughout the course of the day, what's happening right now in, you know, in our lives that right. we are literally, there's a, there's a lot of armoring that, that I, I sense in people walking by. And I mean, it's opening up a little bit more, but there's definitely, it's definitely necessity. And so the, the work is, is, um, is about what is it, even if it's just gradual, 
what is the experience of, I mean, we, we literally have these masks. What is it like to just let the mask drop just for a second or two? Yeah. And then enjoying having the mask up so that again, the way I work is each person is, 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 has their own way of, of, of titrating back and forth into allowing them, even just taking a big breath, you know, for it's, it's a big, that's a big ask. Cause a lot of things, I don't know about you, but I've been, I've had massages where all of a sudden I'm like, why am I, I'm just like crying or I'm laughing. I'm like, where did that come? Cause I'm finally breathing for the first time in a, in a certain area. And it's because my body yeah. went, no, 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 no. Hold on to that. Hold on to that. Mm-hmm. And we have to be really gentle with our systems in and, and kind to our systems in the reasons that we held on to it. And kind and gentle in the letting go and really enjoying the back and forth. So it's not, all right, a shove and now I've got to perform. Maybe there's some really, and I think that's some small steps that we can take to get to being more and more being seen and heard. Um, and that if the breadcrumbs are ones that you throw out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it is it, then my system, you know, the, the, the system that is doing that wants more and more of that because I'm doing that. That felt great. Well, I want to do a little more of that rather than right. I should do that. I need to speak. I better do it now or that's a, that's a, that's where we can get into a, a loop of, of, of pushing mm-hmm. <laughs> or a loop of, 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 um, freeze, you know, just kind of being frozen in, in the voice. Um, and so what I like to do is, is find as many different avenues to connect to what's good right now and going from there. Cool. Um, yeah, no, it, it's, it's been fascinating to learn more about. It. And, you know, my head is swimming in a good sense because a lot of this is so new to me that it, it's just like, wow, now what? Now, you know, there, there's so many directions we could go. So I was curious, do you think it would be helpful at this point? Like, is it, is it easy is probably the wrong word, but, uh, to, to look at, uh, some some text or, or should we just take some questions and see where you know what other people want to hear like what what would be kind of a i think a good a, a good next step for you right now yeah i'm well i'm going off of again this is i'm going off of what you just said which is wow my my <laughs> my head is swimming and and again this is about titration it's it's right so much information there's so much yeah um, um to to examine and and what i love about <laughs> is that oftentimes it, it isn't something that just is located in the mind, that it's also mm-hmm. something that's mm-hmm. maybe, maybe an emotion, maybe it's a felt sense, maybe it's, it's um, some images that are, are coming to mind, that there's multiple channels in which we, we work, and it's not just, um, not just the meaning channel, not just the thought channel right. Um, right. that we're, and so what's lovely is, you're, I, if you're on the podcast, you can't see, but there are these wonderful gestures that David was making that were just expansive and full and, and wow, um, which were just so exciting for me to witness of a system going mm-hmm. possibilities, 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 where to, where, can, and that's, that's the fun of it is that it isn't something that's finite that I learn A, B, and C, D. It's something that as soon as I, I, I try it out, it goes, well, Oh no, that feels like, that feels like I do that. Well, well, what would happen if I played around with that with, with my narration? What would happen if I play around with that with my, with my, with my sonnet or with my monologue or with my Mm -hmm. scene partner? 
And that's what I love about it is that it's, it's, it, it, as soon as it, it feels like it's ready to be expanded on it's, it goes. So, so me offering more, I'm hesitant to, because I feel like there's, there's maybe some questions, maybe not, but maybe some questions or some observations that people might have that if you don't need to, you can also type it in the chat because again, that could be helpful, but just checking in to see if there's anything that. Yeah, I'll, I'll mention for the people that are that are here with us live. You can either uh, raise your raise your Zoom hand. You can drop a, a question in the chat, or uh, looks like Madeline may be ready for a question. So, Madeline, take it away. Yeah, no, I think this is very very cool because you know every time I go in front of camera, I think all the Alexander that I learn, I think relax throat, jaws, heart. A top of head, like I have this, you know, I'm going to do the steps and, and the, the whisper, oh, like all the, the Alexander. But when I'm in front of camera, I notice that it doesn't work, right? You, you still, it doesn't make you come down. And this exercise here that we just looked around, it makes me just sink in right away. That, that's just so wonderful. Like, really, thank you. You're very well. Oh, this is what I'll use because you know you take your time before you start and, and you take yeah. in the environment. It's perfect. And like how great can it be? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and I love and what I love is that you have have a system, and this is why I said the, these everything can be. It's not a one or the other. And I'm, so my offer to you is possibly playing around with maybe starting with orientation and allow that to be the thing that leads you into. Some of yeah, these. exactly. The yeah. best advice that I ever got from one of my um, teachers was named Richard Easton. He's past brilliant actor. And he said, never throw away anything. Always add. If yeah. you get a note from a director, if you get something from something else that always add rather than feel like, well, then I'm. No, I can't do that. And so what I would be interested to see is, and I'd be really excited to hear feedback of what is it like to, to maybe start with orientation, play around with Alexander, then maybe go back into orientation and then go into text so that you have this lovely bookend of doing something that's very structured and then allowing for a little bit of movement. And so that what you're just what I just invented with that tiny little thing is, is a very, um, a very easy way of connecting to the outside with orientation, what you described beautifully of going, I'm having this felt sense of internal sensation and giving myself these directions, which is my thoughts connecting to sensations within my body. So I'm going first outward, then going with Alexander inward, and then I'm going back outward and then maybe there's the camera and now I start. So now I've got this lovely give and take. So I, I'm, I'm happy that, that this could be of service. Thank you for the, uh, thank you for the observation, Madeline. Appreciate it. Glad, yeah, glad, glad that uh, was helpful. Because I think, you know, um, the, the point Madeline brings up about being on camera, I mean, so much of it, there's there's so much sometimes even more pressure of needing to be ready, like, for this exact moment, because we're about to start shooting. And, you know, the the, the phrase time is money, of course, and, you know, you got to be, uh, you, you know... You, you don't want to be the person that's going, wait a second, I need 45 minutes to warm up. And, you know, like it's we're going now, you know, and right. you got to be ready. 
Right. And so to be able to, to show up to that, um, and, you know, bring, bring your emotional life to that moment. Um, yeah. I mean, do you mind just speaking a little bit more about just that, what you've either observed or, or, or learned or worked with, you know, specifically in terms of like the, the film acting, and of course, so many of us are doing zoom acting these days. So it's a, it's a similar thing. There's probably not as much money on the line. Um, but, but still is that same consideration of like, I, you know, here it is, I have to, I have to be ready for this, for this object in my face right now. And I, I would say if, if we think of the transition of action as the point that I need to be on, yeah. I need to, that's, I think where we can get into. Sure. Uh, yeah. And so what this, there's a lot of downtime <laughs> and there's right, a lot of, of downtime yeah. that all of these internal and what can very easily happen with us is we can have spinning thoughts during this yep. downtime. Mm-hmm. We can have, Oh, this is uncomfortable. And I start feeding into something that maybe is actually pulling me away from mm-hmm. being here. And so there are numerous ways and there's numerous tips that one can do to stay connected to um, your environment or stay connected to yourself and if what I'm staying connected to is something that is actually enjoyable, mm-hmm. then it's not, okay, now I've got to, okay, I've got to snap out of this. And now I'm actually in a place of readiness right. because I'm actually connected to and feeling, and I'm actually noticing, okay, they've adjusted the camera over here. Okay. So that might adjusting my body. And how does that feel? Okay. So now instead of it being, okay, now I've got to get it right. Okay, so now I'm going to actually sense, mm, oh, I feel a little shift in the chair, or I feel, I feel a little discomfort right now with the camera being so close, and that's actually perfect for this role, this character right now, because they're so uncomfortable being interviewed. And so there's this discomfort that I'm noticing in my belly. I'm going to mm-hmm. welcome that. Oh, and I feel my jaw tensioning. Oh, yeah. Great. And so I know, I can see they're getting ready. I see they're getting ready. I can see my, my foot's now bouncing. My foot's it's out of camera, so I'm okay. Okay, so now I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, and now I can move into it. Rather than feeling like, I'm A, I'm stopped breathing. Yep. I'm disconnected. I'm wanting to disconnect from this discomfort feeling. But actually, no, I'm welcoming what's happening in the moment. Or maybe I want to, for some actors, I want to just push everything away. I don't want to notice anything else. But what I'm going to focus on is a sense of stability and support in my seat. And so as I'm just here, I can just enjoy that comfort and security that I'm feeling because this person is about to take over the room in about five minutes. And so I'm going to feel this connection internally. People are screaming around. That's fine because right now what I'm noticing is this 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 energy and this movement that's happening in my pelvis. Mm-hmm. Great. And I'm going to stay with that. So that there's so many ways yeah. that are available to you in the moment that your body is already offering you. And that's the thing is that it's not this, I've got to do A, B, and C, D, E. It's going, what is available to me right now that I can integrate into what's what is helpful for my character, what's helpful for the scene, what's helpful for that. And so that there's not this break between being on and off. And there is a window that we know sure. before. It's not just, yes, occasionally, let's run, let's go, let's go. Okay, now you're on. 
but usually there's 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 a, there's a, a good window of five minutes or three minutes or two right. minutes where you know it's coming, right? It's coming, and instead of it being an adversarial, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. here we go. It's it's actually I can actually welcome the expansion of that energy coming into my system because I need to hit this. I need to get to here right now. I'm right. At, you know, a one or a two. Well, now if I breathe into it, I'm feeling, okay, it's starting to swell a little bit. So I'm at a four or five. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're almost there. And you can see the great actors possibly, right. you know, use that. Instead of it being, though, uh, I need yeah. to muscle it. It's an allowing. No, I, I love I love the point you, you've brought up a couple times, like with the audience and the camera, about it not being adversarial. Um, and I, I see some, we have some other questions, and I'll get to those in a second. But you know, as you mentioned, you know, great actors. I think I remember hearing a story of somebody working with Tom Hanks, and like they were they would be doing a scene, and the director would yell cut, and he would go right into a joke, telling a joke. And then they'd be like, all right, we're ready to go. And he would stop the joke and go right back into the scene. And he was he was always locked in because I and this is me projecting a little bit, but I would guess he was just very comfortable with where he needed to be for that character. And and that was he was he was allowing himself to be very accessible uh, to those parts of himself so that he could he could, you know, tell the joke and then go right back into the scene and, and all that kind of stuff. So that he had that kind of emotional flexibility, yeah. um, you know, and, and connection to himself. And w- what I think is also fascinating is as I was listening to the conversation or what you were sharing, it's just like, oh, it's another example of us trying to be in control. You know, like it, it you know, that that's God, so much of our <laughs> lives is spent trying to control things. And uh, and, and certainly on a movie set. Just like with the weather, you have almost no control. Like you, everything is working, you know, outside of you and you are just there and you're there to do a job and, uh, and, and you got to do it to the best of your ability. And you, and there's so much you can't control. So you just, rather than it being something working against you, it's, you know, like, like, okay, it's raining. How do I embrace it's raining? I can't get it to stop raining. Uh, so, you know, like you said, it, it's just that allowing and that, that acceptance, uh, just seems to allow. And, and I really like the, the idea of just whatever you're feeling that, you know, it's, it's that, that use it. We'll use that in the scene, you know, like, why not? Otherwise you're, you're stopping it. You're trying to, you know, push it down or, or ignore it or, or whatever. And, and, I would imagine that just leads to tension and stress because you're denying a part of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I love that you named so specifically was going, it's all about our wanting to control yeah. things. And, and that is incredibly helpful for us as human beings, mm, that yeah. ability to control our environment and to find the problems in our environment right. yeah. are super helpful for maintaining status quo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I want to be really generous with those people of going, Oh, it's a control thing again. No, it's yeah. <laughs> control. Yes. There's, there's, it's such a loving thing that our system is doing is going, come on, keep it the same because it's right, working. Right. 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 And what is lovely is going, okay, wait, it's so yeah, it's okay to control. And this is where, what the work is so lovely to do is going, it's okay mm-hmm. to hold your fists like this in control. What happens? I don't know. If you just let go of one finger, what, right. 
Well, I got my, yep, you got that other fist going, but you got a little, a little movement here. What is that? Oh, okay. And so that we're going, that's, it's, it's an ebb and flow between the two Mm -hmm. and that it's not an all or nothing and that we can be really generous with us through the process of allowing for this, um, letting go of control. Cause that is not, again, just like being seen and heard and you, you, you voice so clearly about, the history of what that means to many people right about yeah. it's the same thing about control. There is it's, it is super helpful, but for us as artists, control can be very limiting right, in the characters and roles that we play and the way that we breathe and the way that we connect in others. Right. And so yeah. what I like to do is, is find as many different avenues to go. How can we find connection in here? How can we find connection in here and that yeah, we are, yeah. we're feeding on it. So I, but I love that you're, I mean, you're, you're really, um, isolating some, 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 some really huge, um, what feel like, um, at times insurmountable, um, hurdles. And right. to me, I light up like a Christmas tree because I think, sure. Oh my gosh, how wonderful right. that you can name control <laughs> because. From that place, because a lot of people can't name that, but from that place of control, <sighs> wait, if I can, if I know what that feels like, then I can then explore maybe a little bit of what is it like to let a little bit, and I'm going to go back and then a little bit. And it's that ebb and flow. I just, I love that. So thank you for, for, for speaking so much from, from, uh, from your own curiosities. It's really, it's, I feel, I feel invigorated. Well, I've, I've, I've done a lot of therapy, so I've, uh, <laughs> a lot of personal work on this side. Um, but, and, and, and yeah, I mean, the, the control thing is very interesting because it's, it, there's always something underneath of like, what are you trying to protect? And, and, and I mean, I, as you were talking, I was just thinking, well, geez, I, I could so imagine working on something and, you know, cutting myself off because there's some thought of like, well, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't be this kind of character or I can't do that kind of thing. Or what would people think if I, I took the character in this direction or I did this thing? And, and, you know, you're only limiting yourself, as you said. So it's, 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 it's so amazing. And of course, like, uh, it's, it's been shown like this, you know, time and again that the, the relationship between your artistic work and your personal life are, are so intermingled that, that, yeah. you know, and the, the freer and, um, more vulnerable you are in your personal life, the more you have to access in in your work as an artist, whatever your medium is. Um, that that yeah, it's it's just really cool. Um, I I, I want to get to uh, Max's question. So uh, Max, I think uh, let's see here, see if I can get you on mic. Max, I think you're with us now. Hey, hey welcome, Max. Hey Scott. Hey Nathan. Good to Hi, see you, Max. Yeah, good, good to see you. you. Uh, my question because. I've been listening to what we've been sharing about how we can kind of convert our viewpoint on, I'm really bright, (laughs) convert our viewpoint on things that we might frame as bad or negative and then learn to take them in and accept them and embrace them as tools and different pieces to different characters. Um, I guess my question finally (laughs) is how do we know or how do we recognize when something is actually destructive versus like when something's just like bad that we can reframe versus like 
training that we might have mm. twisted in our trying to control or trying to make something change. And how do we recognize that versus something from something we embrace to something we let go of? Yeah. Specifically around training. Um, yeah. And I, and I, I, I'm, I'm very sensitive to this because it's um, there is sort of a, I, I'm sensing a shift in, um, in um, directors and artistic directors and in training in general, where there, there isn't the acceptance right now of people being um, um, harmful to students and to staff and to there's, there's a, there's a shift of, 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 of letting go of people who are um, possibly tearing down students or using negative reinforcement to, to, um, to, to encourage students growth. (laughs) Um, And so what, what I would say is, is that as, as we, um, I think everyone has their own sort of litmus test as to what actually feels like I'm moving in the direction that I want to be moving. So I can't speak generally, but I can speak for myself. One of my brilliant um, classmates said to me when I first came to New York, to, she said, Scott, surround yourself with people that when you leave their presence you feel more connected to yourself and the world. And I find that when I incorporate any sort of technique or any sort of offering that someone gives to me, if I feel more, more connected to me and I, and I don't know how to describe it except a felt sense of expansion a sense of community with other actors rather than feeling, um, well, you don't do my technique rather than, oh, what's your technique? If I feel more curious about the world, if I feel more inspired about other people's points of view, then I want more of that. And if I feel like I am, um, am bracing or I have a felt sense of, of shutting down, then possibly that is not the work that is necessarily beneficial for me. So recognizing the past is a whole other thing. Cause, cause what's lovely about this, um, this kind of, of, of voice work and this kind of work is that it, when you slow down and when you start to become a little bit more into the allowing phase rather than the doing phase, things then possibly become revealed a little bit and you're like, Ooh, that's uncomfortable. That's whoo. And in that process, um, it's can be incredibly helpful to, instead of thinking of it as something that I have to exercise or I have to maneuver or push away, it can be actually something that can be welcomed into my, my art. I'm going to speak in particular, uh, to one role that unfortunately I didn't get an opportunity to do because of COVID, but it was at um, a theater in Orange County. 
And it was a role that I read. I was, I got the audition and I read the play. And at the last third, the third to the last line, the character says, um, as he's embracing this, this woman, he's been, uh, out of love, has never been with any person isolated and finally meets this woman. Um, and they finally decide to, to risk after 47 years. And he says this, this line, all those years wasted. And when I read that line, I just started weeping because I instantly knew because I had eight years of not acting and I knew what that felt like. So instead of it being something that was, uh, there I am, you know, what did I do for those times? No, actually I can bring that back to my characters. I can welcome this challenging part of my life back and breathe life back into a character so that in service of maybe some ears that go, yeah, I maybe wasted some li- some years too, but there's hope. And so if there's that recognition, this goes back to that generosity and kindness to those struggles. If I can find inroads that are accessible and inroads that I can then reveal it back out, then there's a flow in my connecting of my art and myself rather than, oh, I've got to just, let's just put that aside and actually welcome it into, into, to life. So these challenges then become gold for us as artists. These discomforts become revered because now they can be, can be put into Hermione at the end of the play. And, and I now have a deeper understanding, uh, whether it's a felt sense or an emotion or a, an image of, of, of that connection that I can bring to my work. So I, I really appreciate because there's a, appreciate the question, Max, because there are, um, there's a lot of, of people that I work with that have, um, um, yeah, a lot of history with voice teachers, with speech teachers, a lot of history with acting teachers. And, and, and I'll be honest, I'm sure Scott, teacher at 25 and 35, possibly didn't have this sensitivity. So I'm not vilifying those people that maybe were not as generous as they could be, because I'm sure there was times when I possibly was not as well. But how do we, how do we work with that and how do we incorporate that is really my, my life's work. And I'm really excited to, to be able to share it. And I really appreciate the question, Max. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Max. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, well, we've been on, I mean, it, uh, it probably didn't, well, hopefully it didn't feel like, uh, uh, more than an hour, but we've been talking for an hour. Um, and, uh, I want to be sensitive to your time and, and, uh, I appreciate everybody here. I did, you know, last, last call for any burning questions, but, uh, I did, this has been a great, um, I think introductory look for a lot of people, including myself. Uh, into this uh, Fitzmaurice uh, voice work and and just you know some great general things to uh, to think about. So I really appreciate uh, your your time, uh, uh, Scott, here talking about this. So absolutely. And I want to just have because I have a little asterisk be- because as a certified Fitzmaurice teacher, 
the the I want to just just name that the aspect of Fitzmaurice voice work that I particularly um, mm-hmm. uh, amplify and, and work with the most is presence work, but it's by no means the only aspect of Fitzmaurice voice work. There's also destructuring, restructuring, or structuring and play. So there are other different um, uh, explorations within Fitzmaurice. So I just want to be really clear, and I'm happy to to maybe go a little bit into details with that just briefly um, so that people understand that there's other things. So just really quickly, destructuring is is how we, through targeted um, uh, uh, exercises, explore how we can release some of the muscle um, tension and um, around the breathing apparatus. So things that we can do to open up and gently maybe vibrate or shake those areas to welcome a little bit more vibration, a little bit more sound, a little bit more expansiveness around the breath. Structuring is how to create a healthy, supportive sound. Hmm. And then play is exactly what it sounds like. It's why we why when you look at children or you look at cubs, mm-hmm. why they're playing is they're integrating all right. the things that their bodies are learning in a very active um, way. And so presence work is, is in a way sort of the connective tissue between, I kind of think of it as all of the connective tissue between the bones. It's just the thing that, sure. that was the most helpful for me. And it's the thing that I, I um, am most excited about sharing. But there are other other avenues as well. So I just wanted to make sure that that was, so I thank you for, for giving me a little space to make sure that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll be sure to let people know how to, you know, get in touch with you and learn more and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, that's great. Well, I, I, uh, I hope maybe in some way you, you can, you get to revisit that, that character post, uh, post pandemic and, uh, you know, um, That'd be great. Um, so, uh, well, well, thank you everybody, uh, for, uh, for attending today. Um, we'll, uh, we'll kind of wrap it up here. Thank you, Madeline, for being here. Um, uh, everybody else, uh, uh, Diana and uh, Maggie and Max really appreciate, uh, you know, uh, your attendance, your questions and all that kind of stuff. Y'all are welcome. Glad, uh, glad you could uh, make this and be part of our workshops. Hey there, this is Nathan checking in one more time. Hope you enjoyed the uh, voice clinic with Scott Ferrara. I mean, just a ton of really cool stuff for you to explore. Like I said, a very different way to think about your voice work, your connection to your voice, all the things that go into it, your awareness, your presence, just some really, really cool stuff. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got a lot out of it. And uh, once again, wanted to remind you very quickly uh, about uh, the repertory program we have going on, that there'll be final performances the last week of June, uh, Monday and Thursday. You know, if you're not on the email list, make sure you you know sign up at workingactorsjourney.com and you'll find out that way. Uh, or follow us, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, any of those places, you, you know, you should uh, be able to keep track and, and figure it out and find us there and, and get your free ticket to those scene nights uh, so either you can watch it live uh, or check out the replay. Uh, and that's it. You know, I'm, I'm thrilled that we can continue to bring these kinds of conversations and open up, um, you know, your world uh, in terms of the professionals that uh, that you have access to and you, and you can learn from. I mean, again, uh, once I figured out that I really wanted to connect 
you with lifelong professionals, uh, that's been uh, the focus and the goal. So more on the way, definitely, you know, other plans in the works, especially on the podcast front. I would love to get back into full episodes with guests. There's uh, a list a mile long and it's just finding the time. I mean, the, the rehearsal room and repertory have been a lot of fun and they do take up you know quite a bit of time but i do want to get back to the uh, full episodes uh but these are are good fillers in between i mean you know geez scott and i talked for an hour so there, there's it's so easy to to do these and uh or to talk for that long i should say uh it's not not so easy to find the time to do these but they're a lot of fun when i do them so uh hopefully more on the way uh, but uh otherwise hope you're doing well Uh, and uh, look forward to connecting with you down the road somewhere. All right, take care. I'm Nathan Agin, and enjoy the journey.